and now welcome Dr. Rubis, Guidance Counselor for Susquehanna High School. How old were you during the span of the Civil Rights Movement? Ooh, well, I was born in 1952. So I guess the Civil Rights Movement was going back that far. And um, I lived in the segregated South in North Carolina, Tennessee, and South Carolina for the first 10 years of my life. All right, thank you. How was life during the 50s and 60s, just overall? Um, you hear a lot of people my age uh, talk about how things were better back then. And I understand that type of thinking, and in some ways it was. On the other hand, we live with this threat of nuclear war hanging over our heads all the time. So it ensured that still has that capability today, but we were, weren't on the brink like we were at that point. Um, Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962 had a, had a real personal effect on me. And, and, and thinking that, even back then, thinking that the world could blow up any minute and why aren't the adults doing something about this? Why aren't they talking about this? It seems awful, but we just sort of accept it. And the Cuban Missile Crisis was, we are living in South Carolina, my father was going to retire from the Marines, and they stopped his retirement because uh, his planes, he worked on electronics, the planes might have gone up at the war. And I remember because I wanted my father to retire because we would move, and I hated my fifth grade teacher, and I wanted to get away from her. And also realizing that it was pretty selfish, that there were a lot much bigger. <laughs> things here at stake yeah. and my fifth grade teacher was still wanting to move and uh, you know fortunately we got out of the Cuban Missile Crisis and uh, next week going to a football game at Penn State and at Penn State West Virginia sitting in the stands and thinking wow you know next last week we might not have been here it must have been the pretty scary to think that yeah, it, it was. It, it was pretty scary. And that was always hanging over your head during that time period. So it's to say it was better back then, I can't see how you can say it was better. Was it? Probably the best thing to say was different. Um, do you remember any civil rights protests occurring in your area or watching some on TV? Mm, yeah, watching them on TV. I remember watching the people, um, I think it was in Birmingham, getting the black people getting hosed, uh, pushed away, and the dogs were there. That, that had a big impact on people. Uh, I, remember the, I remember the Birmingham church bombing. That was in 1963. And uh, we were getting ready to go to church ourselves and getting dressed up. And it came on the radio that this had happened. And I said to my father, well, why, why would somebody bomb somebody just for going to church? And what really struck me about the moment is my father didn't have an answer. My father was one of those guys who knew everything. And it was one of the few times in life I said that he didn't have an answer. He did not explain that to me. That's interesting. Did uh, you know anybody that was in a civil rights protest or did an act of civil disobedience? Mm -hmm. 
not personally. By the time I got to Penn State in the early 70s, they were protesting the Vietnam War then, and probably knew some people then. Um, right, the best story I can give you about the civil rights uh, movement was when I was about five and we lived in Memphis, Tennessee. We went downtown and uh, they had water fountains there. And I was just learning how to spell, so I said, spelled out what was it with the water fountain? W-H-I-T-E. I spelled white, and I really said very good. And I spelled C-O-L-O-R-E-D. I said, what's that spell? And she says, colored. Well, I wanted to drink out of it, because I thought it'd shoot colored water out. I thought, I want to see what it tastes. And she says, no, nah, you can't do that. She says, that people get mad if you do that. That's, that's cool. So whenever you were younger, you didn't really understand the segregation? Um, or did you to an extent? To an extent, uh, when we lived in South Carolina in the early 60s, we lived on a marine base. And we went to elementary school there on the base. Uh, they had K through 5. And there were black kids in our classroom. But the next year, I moved next year, but they had stayed in sixth grade. We would have had to go into town to their schools. And the black kids would have gone to a different school because it was still segregated at that point. So yeah, I did, did understand it to some point, yeah. Um, to what extent did you witness segregation and discrimination in your area? That the area it kind of sits it there. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I remember my, my parents telling me that um, when, when they lived in North Carolina, they would, whenever it would rain, they would have to send the black kids home from school because the roof leaked. And but they really didn't have money. You know, they had two high schools, two would have been junior highs and two elementary schools, and they didn't have the money to support two districts, which seems really dumb among other things to do. Um, I don't know if they viewed anything personally with civil rights. I remember when the, the Civil Rights Bill got passed, and that was really a big deal. It was on television, and uh, yeah, it had an impact on me then. And uh, during the 64 election, I went out and got a Johnson button because he was for civil rights, which like, didn't fly with my parents because they're big Republicans. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that, uh, goes into the next one. Yeah. How did your area react to the whole civil rights movement? Uh, well, it depends where, uh, later on, when, you, when things really came to the fore in the early 60s, 63, 64, and 65, we lived in State College, uh, Penn State College town, so very local atmosphere there. Everybody was for it. Um, I actually had some, uh, actually had some kind of reverse discrimination in a way. I don't know if you call it reverse discrimination or not. We were learning about the Civil War, and um, I, was, I was born in North Carolina, and there was two other kids that were born in the, the South, and the kids used to uh, make fun of us, tease us, as we were supporting segregation. Mm -hmm. and of course, we had nothing to do with it. Can you describe a memorable event that occurred during the Civil Rights Movement? I think you yeah, might I think have did I that. Yeah, I right. think I could think of any others that happened. 
not off the top of my I can, I can remember when Martin Luther King died. Uh, that's actually the next question. Next, next question. Yeah, I remember when he died. Because um, it, it happened about 6 o'clock at night, but didn't find out about it till the next morning. And uh, we're at the bus stop. And uh, my graduating class at 325, we had two black kids in the class, and one of them was my next door neighbor. And he kind of shoved me out the bus stop and thinking, like, what do I say? What do I do? And I just said, did you hear? And he just sh shook his head, and that was about it. Um, anyway, it was an interesting reaction because um, the, I remember my mother saying that, um, going to church and saying some of the people were saying about it, uh, they weren't in favor of him getting shot, but how, how was it they put it? They said, well, he was a good man, but he, he was a preacher, and he just sort of stayed home in his church and, and preached he shouldn't have got out there. And my mother just lit into them at that really? point. Yeah. Thank you. All right, next. All right, how much influence, how much of an influence did the civil rights movement have on your community? Mm, I, I think a lot. Um, I, I think it has everywhere. It's been gradual over the years. When we moved to Pennsylvania in the mid '60s, um, the church we joined—they had fired their previous minister. We had just missed this. He fired the previous minister because he was uh, trying to get a black navy captain a house inside the borough of Hatboro, and Hatboro was segregated that way—not not officially, but there weren't any black people there, and they fired him from that. Just. Yeah, so I think the whole process was kind of uh, gradual. I remember what, um, back in those days, the, the Southern teams, Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia, and they were always white, their players. And even today, sometimes when I see someone like Alabama play and see the black players around the field, it just still kind of strike me because they never had any. And that didn't take place till the early 70s. They started it's like integrating the teams in. Yeah. Right. I think you may have answered the next one. Uh, describe the shift in attitude towards the civil rights movement in your community as time passed. Um, it, it was it was gradual. It really was. Uh, I I think one of the big things was uh, right after Martin Luther King died, uh, black people started showing up in commercials and. Uh, you have solar people, so they'll tell you, they remember that there, there weren't any black people in commercials. The only time you would see black people on TV were um, sporting events, entertainers, that kind of thing. There was a show, this is around 1970, somewhere in the room, 222, a black integrated high school. There was another one too with Diane Carolyn, and I can't remember what that was. But that was a really big deal. Black and my joke on that it showed that it showed equality because it showed that commercials with black people and were just as stupid as commercials with white people in them. All right, thank you. All right, who do you think had the biggest impact on the progress of civil rights, Martin Luther King or uh, Malcolm X? Uh, Mar Martin Luther King definitely. Um, he. 
Yeah, Martin Luther King. We'll get back to Malcolm X in a minute. Martin Luther King, because at the time he was killed, he was actually losing popularity with both blacks and whites. A lot of the blacks thought he wasn't aggressive enough. Mm -hmm. And actually getting killed put him to the place where he is today and more noticed about what was going on. Uh, Malcolm X was the, the white people, I, I'm gonna say even still today, it was sort of like an unknown. Uh, there was a the whole thing about Elijah Muhammad and getting killed and having a division in the black community like that and the black Muslims was, uh, you know, white people didn't understand at all. You know, they were just, they were just black people. They couldn't possibly have a division between the two. So I think in civil rights, yeah, um, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X was more about black pride, black power, that type of thing. Okay. Do you think Kennedy's assassination had an impact on the civil rights movement? And was it a positive or negative one? Actually, it was a positive. <laughs> um, Kennedy was uh, a popular president, but he was very ineffective trying to get civil rights stuff through. And when he died, Johnson took over, and you know, Johnson just used the Kennedy death thing. But Johnson was also, you know, used the Kennedy death thing in that uh, our poor late President Kennedy would have wanted this. We got to pass it. You know, it's like if you voted against it, you were voting for Oswald. You almost had to vote for it. And Johnson was a very good manipulator. He knew how, how to work Congress. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anybody since then has been that good at it. And he got all these things done. So in, in a way, Kennedy's um, assassination did help it get through. There's that book by Stephen King, November 22nd, 1963, where Kennedy, uh, Kennedy doesn't die. And in this fictional, uh, what if, uh, they never do pass the civil rights bill. Yeah. A, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Are there any uh, final thoughts you'd like to talk about about the civil rights? Oh. It's kind of disappointing that things aren't better. Um, I remember thinking in the 60s, and, and Brianna and I was youth, and the, the two big issues were. Uh, Soviet Union, the bomb, communism, civil rights, and saying to myself that uh, by the time I got old, you know, by the time I got 75, uh, I would have expected the civil rights thing to be solved. The thing with the communists and the Soviet Union, didn't see an end to that, I thought that would still be going on, and now it's been flipped. Mm -hmm. it, it didn't turn out that way. And um, I think it's, it's just it's something about us as human beings. Um, you see, um, I remember seeing a show once when, on TV, a show with teenagers. And this is when the whole thing was going in Yugoslavia, Kosovo, and Serbia, and all that. And uh, the American kids were sitting there, and American kids are white and black, Latino, and they're saying to the, the kids from Yugoslavia, well, it's silly that you divide yourself up in these little groups like this. Yeah. I think, uh, well, kids, what do we do over here? Mm -hmm. We divide ourselves up in little groups. And it seems like that's inherent in human beings, that we do that. We find some reason to divide ourselves up. So um, I really don't know what the answer is, because I think now it is 
people who are my age will say during last year, last year's election, they'll say, this is a lot like the 60s. And it is. People are uh, not willing to compromise at all. Um, and I don't really see any solution to it. I don't know, I know what it is. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Okay.